time, if you would, please turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. going to read verse 6 and 7 again, just to again get us back into the mindset of what we've been talking about this week so far. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6, it says this, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Let's pray really quick and then we'll get into the message. Lord, we, we beg for you, your presence, God. We beg for you to speak to us yet again this evening. I pray that you'd fill me, that you'd put your words in my mouth. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. We've been talking a lot about building and excavating and preparing and, and uh, looking for the idea of a spiritual treasure that uh, we saw the movie at the beginning of the week and we've talked about it and we've referenced it. But as we, we've been talking a lot about the idea of excavating and pulling out roots and, and preparing foundations and I've done a little bit of uh, construction work but mostly I did a lot of lawn care. And so as I did lawn care for quite a while, I did a lot of new construction houses uh, in uh, the Crown Point and Lowell and all those sort of areas. Uh, and as you begin to do lawn care in those areas, those builders would come in and they would begin to uh, you know, work on the house and they bring in the cranes and they bring in the construction or the, the concrete trucks. And, and uh, at the end of when the job is entirely done, they would come out and they'd spread a little bit of black dirt on top of the, the clay that was there. And then they would roll out sod and they would walk away from the job. And if you've done any kind of lawn care, you know that after a little bit of time, you start getting some rains on that, on that yard. And what happens is that rain begins to come down and begins to settle that little bit of dirt uh, that they put in there to try to cover up the tracks and the tree roots and all the things that they pulled out of there. And by the time little old me, lawn care guy, gets to the property, I am mowing the yard and my mower looks like this. And I'm mowing a washboard. Or I look, it's like a, I'm driving alongside the road and you hit that little rumble strip. And, and that's what the entire yard looks like and feels like. Even though driving down the road you see a, a nice green grass, underneath of that there's some deep ruts. And, and as I begin to, to think about this and the building and the excavating and uh, I've done a, a number, again, a number of different construction jobs and repair jobs and, and uh, what I've found out and what I've seen is that when you disturb the earth, as you begin to build that back up, there's something that occurs called settling. And as that settling begins to happen, even though you got it right and it looks right when you walk away, over the course of time that compaction begins to incur and you end up with that little bit of a rut, that little bit of a valley and uh, you know what you have to do, you've got to go back and do the job again. Yeah. And then sometimes you've got to do the job again. And then the next year you got to go out and you got to aerate the lawn and you got to bring in some top sand and you got to run the leveler and you got to do all this sort of stuff so that hopefully by the time you get done you can mow the grass in comfort. That's what I was always looking for. And in the Christian life, you're here in camp, and Lord willing, you're hearing some preaching that's helping you to remove some roots out of your life. 
We're going to be hearing some preaching, I'm sure, for the rest of the week on how to bring in the crane and bring in the concrete truck and how to do all the things to lay the foundation. And all of those things are going to cause ruts in your life. After you get done filling in that hole and leveling the, the, the dirt that's there, uh, and the analogy is this, there are going to be some things that you're pulling out of your life today and at camp, you're going to walk away from camp and it's going to look good. And it's going to feel good. And it's going to be wonderful that the Lord spoke with you and the Lord dealt with you. And uh, it goes right along with what Brother Peacock preached last night. What's going to happen is a week from now, a month from now, uh, a year from now, you're going to revisit what you dealt with on the altar right here. And you left it good, but now there's just going to be that little bit of a valley. And what's going to happen is that it can sometimes discourage you saying, I thought I had that figured out. I thought I had this fixed. As, as it's been preached and it's been preached and it's been tried to warn you, the Christian life is long term. And it's doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. And sometimes we can approach that mindset wrong. Because in our minds, if I have to go through and do the job again, I was a failure the first time. You know what the problem was, uh, is that those builders, they left the yard exactly the way they were supposed to leave the yard. I would have liked it if they would have done a little more work, but that's not their job. You know whose job was it to fix the yard? Mine. And as you go through your Christian life, you're going to mine some things out of your life. You're going to try to fix some things out of your life. And you think you've got it handled, and a year later it's going to pop back up and hit you again. And the, the mentality is going to be this, I'm a failure, I'm no good, uh, I'm just going to fall right back into the same thing, and you're going to become down on yourself, and the problem isn't the problem, the problem is you're just going to have to do it again, and again, and again. But the discouragement comes in during those times because you think, how long do I have to deal with this? And if you're willing to put in the time, you know what's going to happen is you're going to fix it here at camp, and a month later you're going to have to deal with it again. And you'll fix it. And then six months later you're going to have to deal with it again. And then a year later you're going to have to deal with it again. And then two years later you're going to have to deal with it again. Do you get the picture? If you are dealing with something and the time in between that you're dealing with is getting longer, you are improving. Okay? So don't get down on yourself. I'm just saying this, and, and I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to belittle you at all. You're going to make mistakes. Big ones. And the problem is not you making the mistake. The problem is whether you're going to be willing to go back and revisit it and do it again. You say, well, that sounds discouraging. Let me give you something. Verse 6, verse 7 of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he says this. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Anybody been thinking about, well, what's the treasure? We've been talking a lot about building treasure. We've been talking a lot about serving God and laying up treasure in heaven. But Paul says, we have right now present tense. I hate English, but I, re I do remember that. We have. That means in our possession right now, we have a treasure. What's the treasure? Good answer. What else? Good answer. 
Look at verse 6. It says, God causes the light to shine into our hearts. Earlier in the chapter, he says that the light of the glorious gospel would shine in and we'd get salvation. And you know what? God takes your life and he takes through the Lord Jesus Christ and the face and the light of the Lord Jesus Christ shines into your heart the gospel that can save your soul from sin. Amen? And then he says a couple verses later that God's going to shine some things into your heart and because of that, we have a treasure inside of us. What's the treasure? He says he's going to shine into your heart the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. You say, well, what's the glory of God? I was puzzled by that for, for a lot of years. And, and I think when I thought about the glory of God, hey, glory means splendor. Glory means greatness. Uh, glory is that thing that when you look at a person and because of what they are or what they've done, you look at it and you just go, wow, that's Glory. And Paul's saying here that God, through the face of the Lord Jesus Christ, is shining the glory of God into our hearts. That's a treasure that then allows us to do a whole bunch of other things. You following me? I have to set this up a little bit and then we'll get all the way back around, hopefully very quickly here. You read at the end of chapter 3 of 2 Corinthians and you have this story where Paul references Moses. When Moses goes up on the mountain and uh, he uh, comes back and his face shines from being with God. Anybody know what happens in that chapter that causes the face of Moses to shine? You know what he got? We know what Moses, um, let me just back this up here really quick. Let me just do this. I'll get around to it. Just give me a minute. Exodus chapter 33, Moses goes to God and he says this. Show me thy glory. Show me thy glory. And so then Moses goes up to the mountain, spends 40 more days with God, and then he comes back down. And when he comes back down, after witnessing the glory of God, his face is so shiny that everybody else says, cover it up. So whatever it was that God, that Moses asked God to show him his glory, God showed him his glory, and then it changed Moses' life. So what is the glory of God? Go to Exodus chapter 33, if you will, please. 34. Let me set this up here just a little bit. In Exodus chapter 18 and chapter 19, Moses has led the nation of Israel out of Egypt. They have gone through the time period here. They've gotten to Mount Sinai. They've crossed the Red Sea. They've done all of that. And what's happening is that God is trying to establish some laws and covenants and things with the nation of Israel. And God comes down on that mountain as the nation of Israel is pitched around it. And uh, God is just bringing the fire down, literally. And His voice is booming and there's lightnings and there's thunders and there's all this stuff going on. And uh, the people go, Moses, you go talk to God, and then you come down and talk to us, and then we'll make this thing right. And so Moses, in Exodus chapter 18 and 19, goes up to the top of the mountain, and it's during that time that God gives and writes on those tables of stone the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. You say, well, yeah, that, that's the glory of God. It's is God's law and God's word. And I'm not trying to diminish God's word at all. But the law can never produce righteousness in you. 
Rules, albeit you need them, will never produce righteousness. Rules produce boundaries to keep you safe. The government institutes a rule that says you don't go over 55 miles an hour. And I've never been pulled over, and I need to clarify that because I have. I've never been pulled over and the police officer come up to me and said, you know what, sir, you were going 54 miles an hour and I just want to stop and thank you. I've never had that experience. Why? Because when a law comes in, the only thing a law can, do and can produce is a lawbreaker. And so while Moses is up on the mountaintop getting the Ten Commandments, which are right and good and part of God's plan, what's going on down at the bottom of the mountain? The nation of Israel is corrupting themselves with a golden calf and Aaron is, is producing this. And you know what's going on is Aaron is taking all this gold, making this calf, bringing it out. And he says, these be thy gods, O Israel, that brought thee out of Egypt. And what happens? God gets angry, rightfully so. Tells Moses, get down to the mountain because I'm about ready to kill them. And so Moses and Joshua come down the mountain, and you can read the story, don't have time to get into it right now, but they come down the mountain, and Moses sees what's going on, and he takes those tablets, and he chucks them down, and he breaks them, and he says, who's on the Lord's side? And the Levites come out and read the whole story. It's, it's, it's a great thing. But you know what happens? God says, you know what? You go to the promised land. I promised you, you can have it. Go get it, but I am not going with you. You know what Moses says? If you don't go with me, I'm not going. And then he says this, Exodus chapter 33, he says, show me thy glory. Exodus chapter 34, verse 1, God says, come up to the mountain again and hew thee two more tables of stone. And we know the story. If not, I encourage you to read it. One of my most favorite passages in the Bible is that God says in Exodus 33 and 34, he says, first off, you can't handle me. He says, but I'm going to take you and I'm going to put you in a cleft of a rock and, and when I come before you and declare all my glory before you, I'm going to take my hand away and you're going to get a glimpse of the backside of my glory. And then you can read it, Exodus 34, down there, probably about 5, 6, 7, 8, somewhere in there, verse 8. Uh, the Bible says that as God passes by, he takes his hand away, and the glory of God is revealed to Moses. You know what, in, in my mind, as I read this before, I thought the glory of God, that is God's ability to take the earth and just shake it. God, the glory of God is his ability to chuck lightning bolts and to destroy armies and to send one angel to kill 180,000 people. That's the glory of God. You know what? When, when Moses says, show me what makes you great, God. What does God say in verse 6, 7, 8, 9, somewhere in there? He says, the Lord is gracious. The Lord is merciful. The Lord is long-suffering. You know what the glory of God is? That while the nation of Israel is down there corrupting themselves with a false god and a false idol, God is up there writing, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And the glory of God is revealed when he says, Moses, come up one more time and I'll write them again for you. I'll bring it again for you. I know you messed up. 
I know you tried to do the best you could, and now a year later, the ground is settled, and you're faced with discouragement because, you know what, I'm having to do the same thing that I did over and over and over again. I must be no good. I'm a failure. I, nobody loves me. I, I, and, and you know what God says? He says, let me just show you a little of my glory. I'm gracious, and I'm merciful, and I'm long-suffering. You go, you go back to that 2 Corinthians chapter 4 passage, and he says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. You don't have to go there right now, but he says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the knowledge of God may be in us in the face of Jesus Christ. And I mess it up a little bit there. But the next two verses says, and, and we're, we suffer, but not in distress. And we're in reproach, but not in this. And, and we're this, and we're not that. And you say, how do you get through the storms and the things of your life that's going to come in, and it's going to unsettle something that you thought was already settled? Yeah. You know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to go back up the mountain and say, God, show me a little more of your glory. Show me a little more. Yeah. I want to encourage you today. We're talking a lot about building. And anybody that's been in the construction arena at all, anybody that's been in the lawn care, anybody that's in any type of trades knows, you know what, there's times when you screw up the framing or you screw up the concrete or you do whatever it is, and uh, that is not the time to walk away from the job. That is not, you know what separates a great carpenter from a good carpenter? A great carpenter will look at the wall and say, we're out half an inch, tear it down. Because he knows that if he leaves it, and, and, and if you've ever worked in, in, in the trades, you know what the, the common saying is, the, the, uh, the, the, the foundation guys say the framers will fix it. And the framers say the drywallers will fix it. And the drywallers say, i got to fix it. That's, that's there. You'll get it eventually if you ever get into the trades. But you know what uh, the, the great carpenter would do? He'd say, you know what, i got to fix it. i got to go back and do it again. I've got to get it right. And I just want to encourage you today, you're making decisions this week and you need to make decisions this week. You need to build, start building some things. We're talking a lot about constructing and building. This is simply a foundation. It's going to require you to build from here. And because of where you're at and your age and everything that's going on, again, I'm not trying to to belittle you at all, but you're going to make mistakes. You're going to fail you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna do the same stupid thing that you've always done. And the glory of God can cover it. The glory of God can come in. And you know what you got to say? Let me go get another wheelbarrow of dirt to make that thing level. And get out there with the rake and rake it out smooth and throw some more grass seed on it and put some more water on it and let some more sunshine get on it. Let the Word of God and let the Spirit of God and let God get in on it. But don't give up. Because the glory of God covers a multitude of sins. Say, what what do I need to do this week? You need to make a decision. You need to construct. You need to build. But you need to recognize that we have a treasure, present tense, right now, in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in that 2 Corinthians chapter 4 passage, he says, the face of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the face, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the image 
of the invisible God. Jesus Christ offers you something today. If you're not saved in here, he offers you salvation full and free in Jesus Christ. But if you're saved in here and you screwed up, he offers you enough glory to fix it and go forward. Brother Joe?